Welcome back to the Shots Side Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. Joined again once by Matt. Matt, how you doing tonight? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, happy birthday, man. Hey, I appreciate hope it. <laughs> I hope it's been a good day so far. Yeah, good day. I can do some, uh, maybe do a golf simulator tonight. Um, maybe a little bit of drinking, not too much. <laughs> but uh, 25 be shots or 26, <laughs> is it? 20, I think I'd be dead after 26 shots. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Maybe maybe like two or three shots. We'll cap it at two <laughs> or three. But um, today we're just going to be talking about, you know, how trades have sort of impacted some of these teams in contention, also some of these teams that aren't in contention, but we'll kind of go through some of the trades. Uh, and then we'll finish it off with uh, Fantasy Friday, give you guys some tips on your uh, playoffs coming up soon. Uh, and then... Um, We'll cap it off there, but uh, starting off with just kind of our first team that made some trades, uh, the Lakers. Um, Matt, they added Rui Hachimura, good uh, forward that can kind of defend a little bit for bigger guys. Uh, could, really good mid-range shooter as well. Uh, they added D'Lo, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Got all those, two of those players from Utah, and then uh, D'Lo from Minnesota, but I uh, just want to hear your thoughts on, you know, what the Lakers kind of did and and can it take them, um, you know, maybe to like a five seed in the playoffs or is that is that too high? Yeah, I think um, a big thing that they did was they kind of got rid of some uh, their score first players for a little bit added uh, defense on the wing, uh, which they desperately needed. Um, I think combined all of those guys will definitely help out. I think. One thing that you didn't mention was uh, Westbrook being traded away. I think sometimes it could be addition right. by subtraction um, by getting somebody like D'Lo back in return too. Um, so he he's kind of a guy that can help spread the court more, whereas like Westbrook's not as good from three. So I think it kind of allows for someone like LeBron to have more of an open floor when he's out there on the court. And like same with AD where it's like tougher to double down on somebody when you have shooters all around like – uh, D'Lo and Beasley and then guys like Hashimura and Vanderbilt add a lot of like um, defensive like versatility for them like you can run um, AD at the 5, uh, Vanderbilt at the 4, I think they, that's what they've been doing which has so far worked, they've got two wins in a row here um, I'm not sure if they'll get the 5 seed I, they would have to go on a pretty big win streak I think in order to get it um, I won't say it's out of the picture though, just because, I mean, you got the greatest score of or most scored points of all time on your team, uh, LeBron, and then you got AD, who's one of the best two-way players in the league, if not the best, uh, when he's healthy. So I think you can never count a team that's got those two guys out on it. Um, but at the very least, I think they'll be like at least the eighth seed and make the play-in. Right. Yeah. I mean, as it sits right now, they're 28 and 32 after that uh, big win against Golden State. Granted, Golden State was a little hampered with, you know, Steph Curry being injured, Andrew Wiggins out. So, um, but all in all, I mean, they handled, handled their business last night, or I should say two nights ago, as this comes out. But um, as it sits, they're four games back of the five seed, which is the Phoenix Suns. And they're six games back of Sacramento, who is the three seed. So, there is room for this team to kind of jump up. Now they'd probably have to go 
you know, near perfect on the second half of the schedule just to, you know, even have a chance. But uh, I think adding players like Vanderbilt, who um, has always been known for just his hustle plays, defense, uh, a good guy to have, um, not when it comes to scoring the ball, but just having that another guy that can hustle and get you, you know, extra possessions. And then Malik Beasley, um, he's always been an up-and-down shooter, coming into the league but uh never shies away from a shot he's kind of reminds me of jr smith a little bit where you know he'll take any shot uh once it touches his hands so uh that's good for the lakers and it can be bad but uh i think for the long run just having somebody that can stretch the floor space a little bit take those wide open threes from lebron and ad uh it's gonna you know shoulder off some of that that uh pressure off those two uh, and then adding in uh, Hachimura, I think, is is a good addition to have another, you know, solid forward uh, to back up somebody like AD uh, to give LeBron a little bit of rest when he needs it, especially down the stretch. Um, but I think overall, I think uh, this team has a solid squad that can, you know, make some a little bit of noise in the playoffs. Now, I don't think they're going to be competing with teams like denver memphis phoenix probably even dallas too so um i do see them get into a five seed though uh just because of the teams in front of them i don't think the teams in front of them besides the ones i mentioned are really that much better but one guy that they did miss out on uh that they were trying to get pretty aggressively uh going into the trade deadline was Kyrie Irving, who ended up going to Dallas. Uh, Matt, you know, what does Kyrie add to this Dallas team? And is this a player that Dallas wants to sign long term? Or is, is this something you just wait and see? And then hopefully Kyrie wants to stay along with Luka. Yeah, I think uh, it's probably more of a wait and see thing a little bit. Just, I mean, at least through the season, just to see how the season finishes out. Because we've really only seen them together for a couple games now. But I think that Kyrie adds a, a second like superstar in terms of like somebody that can have the ball in their hands when Luke is out because uh, when Luke is out of the game, this Mavs team looks much much different. Which I think Kyrie does uh, will do a good job of um, kind of limiting that. And I mean, he's a superstar in his own right, so he can get a bucket whenever you need him to. Um, I think they kind of just have to feel each other out a little bit just to f- kind of see where they fit in with each other because at, at times like even when they played the T-Wolves a couple um, or like a week or so ago now um, at the end of the game they're kind of just like passing it back and forth between each other like not knowing who should take the shot a little bit um, and they end up turning it over so I think kind of once they get those things ironed out we could see a Mavs team that's uh, pretty dangerous come playoff time. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, just off that Timberwolves game, I mean, I'm sure that's just a little bit of rust, especially with those two. It was their first game, wasn't it, together? So Yeah, first game together, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get that going. I mean, plus, I mean, you got to give the Timberwolves a little bit of credit there. Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels played really good defense, man-on-man defense there. So, uh, But I think going forward, I'll just go over the trade right now, but it was Kyrie and Markeith Morris going to the Mavericks, and then the Nets got... Uh, a 2029 first round pick, two second round picks, both futures, 
uh, and then Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. So, um, you know, we can talk about the Nets a little bit, but a huge, huge loss for these, this Brooklyn squad because you're losing Kyrie and KD, which it seemed like the Kyrie trade was inevitable, inevitable but once you deal Kyrie Irving... I mean, the next step is you either have to get another, you know, all-star or player that KD likes to bring him in, and we didn't see that happen. So that led to KD wanting out. Um, this might be the biggest trade. Well, I, I think it is the biggest trade of the trade deadline, but, you know, Phoenix getting a player like KD and bringing him in for, what was it? Um, it was... Was it four first-round picks, a pick swap, and then two seconds, and then for Mikel Bridges and Cameron Johnson, which are two solid role players that the Suns kind of need. Um, but you're you're adding a, a former MVP, a former champion, two-time champion. I should get that right. Um, you know, he's a walking bucket. I just, you know, adding KD with Devin Booker, with Chris Paul, with DeAndre Ayton. I know they're going to be missing a lot on their on their bench units and, you know, maybe some defense as well, but when you got four stars like that, I mean, that's especially in a Western Conference that's all staggered together, you know, you have a chance, but you got to stay healthy. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, Mikael Bridges is probably more than just even a role player too. I think He's kind of shown that in his first um, like couple games with Brooklyn that like he can do a little bit more like when he needs to, um, but he's obviously no KD. And I think at the end of the day in the playoffs, it's really about who has the best uh, starting five at times if everybody's healthy. Because uh, um, while you it is nice to have depth, I think that's more of a regular season thing to stay like afloat. Um, but come playoff time, I think. If you have a, a starting five, like the Warriors had like the a couple years ago when they had the KD, Steph, and all those guys, um, they just showed how you can dominate a game within like just a quarter. Like they had those third quarters where they go on like insane runs. And I think the Suns team could be capable of something like that where if they go on a, like an insane like 30 to 10 run in a quarter, like that puts the game like out, out of the way right away. So. I think adding a player like KD, great if he's healthy. I think um, it could honestly win them a title. Um, I know guys like CP3 and Aiton have had their fair share of injuries as well, um, so they have to stay healthy. But if they can put it all together, I think it. this really – I mean, this is a surprising trade. I think this could be the biggest like trade ever at the deadline like of a superstar of like that caliber. Um, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last, like, huge trade, like, major trade that, like, right before the deadline that happened. Do you? Yeah, was any... the AD one at the deadline, or was that the start of the year? I can't. That would be the only other one I could maybe think of, of that caliber of player. Like, Right. But I'm not sure if that was at the deadline, though. I don't, yeah, I think that might have been, at, like, I don't think it was exactly at the deadline, it might have happened just like a little bit before the deadline or the beginning of the season. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I, I can't personally. I can't remember another huge major trade like this where 
you're getting, you know, somebody who can turn you from, you know, a mediocre playoff team to, um, you know, a contender just like that. And, you know, if you asked me at the beginning of the season, I would have said the Suns definitely have a chance to possibly get back to the finals. But, you know, the first half didn't look good and they did not look like a contending team. But when you add somebody like KD to your lineup, no matter, I mean, even if you're giving up Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, which are two solid players, but I think it just makes your team so much better. Granted, I think the thing going forward for them is health. I mean, they got to stay healthy. And then they also have to play solid defense too, because there are teams in the Western Conference that are really good offensive teams. You know, Sacramento, who's going to be a playoff team this year, they're a solid offensive team. I mean, same thing goes with them though. They can't defend either. Uh, Same with Denver as well. They have a great offense. Defense is up and down. They've been better this year. Um, And then Memphis, again, really good offensive team. Their defense was a little up and down, but Jaron Jackson came back, and that's kind of straightened out a little bit. I think they were, I think they're either one or two in defense this year. So, um, I, I think going forward, though, it's it's got to be health for this Suns team, and then also if they can get some good defense out of, you know, Devin Booker, who showed it, you know, in the was it two years ago when they went to the finals? Um, yeah, not quite in that finals game, but. Uh, all, all throughout that playoffs, he was playing solid defense. If he can bring that up, if they can get KD to be, you know, a solid defense player, which he has been throughout his career, and then DeAndre Ayton's got to be special too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the one thing I like about that trade was that they were able to get TJ Warren back in that. I think he at least helps as a bench player. And then they made another trade where they got. Darius Baisley um, for Saric, which I don't know if he'll do anything, but just adding some pieces, uh, some depth pieces too, it was nice. Um, and then hopefully a uh, campaign's been hurt, so hopefully he comes back because he's a nice uh, backup point guard. Um, I think they also got Reggie Jackson too, didn't they? Um, or was that the Nuggets that got him? One I of those two. I don't think it was the Suns. Actually, might, no, it was it the might, Nuggets. It was nuggets? the Nuggets, I think. Yeah. Okay. My bad. There was some well, talk, though, of the Suns possibly getting somebody else. Was it maybe Derek Rose? Because they were tr- they're trying to look for another guard. Uh, I know there's been some heat around Derek Rose possibly, you know, wanting to get bought out and go on a contender before you know his season or career comes to an end. Um, I think that's a good matchup for Phoenix, especially with the health of Chris Paul, the health of Cameron Payne, adding in another point guard who's, you know, good at distributing the ball, can get you a bucket, uh, like Derrick Rose. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think Derrick Rose would fit in nice. I think, I mean, at this point in his career, he's um, not really what he used to be, but as just a backup point guard, I would like that a lot. Um, right. I think... They could maybe use another wing too, but at this point, it's probably not going to happen. But I think playoff times, it won't really matter because they'll be playing a lot of minutes. Um, But just speaking about backup point guards too, uh, another big addition was the Clippers adding Russell Westbrook after he got bought out by Utah. Um, What are your thoughts on that? How do you think he fits in with the Clippers going across town? 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, me being a huge LeBron fan, I've, I kind of saw it firsthand just how it looks when he has multiple stars on his team. Um, it, it's going to be interesting because they really don't have a starting point guard. I mean, you can call Trey Mann or Terrence Mann a point guard. Yeah, but I don't think that's the point guard you really want to start a playoff game. You got Bones Highland, who's super young, super energetic. Uh, we saw that in the Rising Stars game, but is he somebody you want as your starting point guard? I don't think so in the playoffs, but regular season, yeah. Um, so adding a guy like Russell Westbrook, I, I don't know if they're going to start him or have him come off the bench. I would maybe consider starting him, but uh, you gotta you have to see how it looks with Kawhi Leonard. We know he's played with Paul George. We know that can mash a little bit, as long as they don't have to play Damian Lillard. But... <laughs> You know, you got to kind of see how it meshes together. So I would start him right away, see how it looks, give it a good solid five, ten games. Because they, I mean, I think they're pretty high up in the stand. They might be like around that four to six spot. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, I think they're fourth right now. Fourth right now. So they have, I shouldn't say this, but they they have some games to be, you know, be able to spare some losses every once in a while just to kind of test that out. And if it works, it, you know, it could be something special and definitely another contending team. And I think Russell Westbrook, uh, I think he's going to have a, a nice fresh start uh, on the op- opposite team in L.A. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting because I think it, it could honestly work out a little bit better for the Clippers just because the Clippers have... Um, a lot of shooters like LA the Lakers added some shooters in the deadline but um Russ works the best with shooters around him that's why he had such a great year with uh the Wizards um when you surround somebody with shooters I think you can't have somebody like AD who can't shoot that well and then um there's other guys that just weren't shooting well at the time when he was on the Lakers I think it's a huge gamble by the Clippers but it could also be a big payout if um, he does fit in well because, I mean, Paul George can shoot good. Kawhi can shoot pretty good. Marcus Morris. I mean, the really the only one that can't is um, like their centers like Zubak and uh, Plumlee can't shoot that great either. So, um, right. but uh, I mean, there's also times where like if you play like a Warriors team, you're going to you could go with a small ball lineup where Russ is the point guard and then you just have a ton of versatility there. Um, the Lakers could still be Sacramento too. Sacramento's yeah, a small team. You definitely could. Um, and even like uh, you could even do that against like the Grizzlies because like we saw like yeah. the T Wolves try to do it to them where they took Stephen Adams out of the game last year. Um, so I, I just it could give them a lot of versatility, and I think at the end of the day, like Russ is a two-time MVP, and I think he's somebody that could run the offense better than somebody like a Bones Highland or um, Terrence Mann. I keep wanting to say Trey Mann like you I said. Know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think this Clippers team, I, I think one of the things that makes them so good is that they're just well coached by Tyron Lue. I think he does a good job of figuring out where people fit in, and he's also somebody that's not afraid to tell somebody that they're not doing good or, like, going to sit them, like, whenever he wants, pretty much. Um but yeah, uh, also another thing that the Clippers traded um, 
uh, what's his name, Luke Kennard, Luke Kennard to the to the Grizz. How do you think Kennard uh, fits in with the Grizzlies? Yeah, I mean, good on the Clippers because you know he was getting paid. I think he was getting paid around you know eighteen to twenty million dollars or something something pretty high for you know his the amount of minutes he gets and the you know stats he puts up. Yeah. But you know it's something that the Clippers or I mean the Grizzlies also needed. You know they needed some shooting besides Desmond Bain. So getting another shooter on that team uh, coming off the bench, I think it's going to help them out. It's kind of like, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him on the same level as Malik Beasley, but just somebody who can spot up, make some threes, and, you know, not just pack the paint for players like John Morant and um, Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr., who can stretch the floor, but um, – it gives you know more driving lanes for for those guys, and I think uh, in the long run it should help them out. That's you know the one thing they needed. But um, going back on the, I kind of want to go back on the Russell Westbrook thing just a little bit. Oh, yeah. Touch touch on that real quick. But uh, you know, I, I think the thing that's going to be a little bit worrisome is if if they are playing like as Zubats at the five. If you're playing Westbrook at the one. You know, are you having Westbrook bring the ball up every time? And then are you putting Kawhi and Paul George on the, you know, corners or something? And then what, running Marcus Morris on one of those sides as well? And then running the offense? Because I I still think... I still think you're going to deal with a little bit of clogging of the lanes just because you're going to have... Whoever's guarding Russell Westbrook is obviously going to be off of him. So that cut, that's going to cut off some lanes for Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, can they work through that? I think that's the main issue or question that has to be answered. Um, I'm just I'm not sold on it yet, but uh, I think I think you know when you're paying Russell Westbrook, what they're, they're probably paying him the minimum right now after he got bought out. Yeah. So I mean, it, if you if you were taking on his contract, his forty million dollar contract, which the Clippers couldn't even if they wanted to. That'd be terrible to have him on your team, but now that you're having him at a discounted price at like two, two, three million dollars, whatever it is, um, it's definitely a winning, winning trade. We'll just have to see how it works out. Yeah, I think kind of like in a certain sense, like Russ is like a little bit better version of um, John Wall because like John Wall can't shoot either, um, right? And I think Russ still has more left in the tank than Wall does, so kind of like is basically that what they were looking for to start the season is just that extra like guard that can handle and kind of create on the offense because like that was pretty much their downfall in that that Nuggets conference finals um was that there was times where like the offense got stagnant with between uh George and Kawhi so I think you know it, like you said it's a big gamble but it definitely I mean it, on paper it could work but we'll have to see you never right. know with Russ a little bit yeah, but uh, a team that we thought was going to make a lot of moves at the trade deadline uh, and sell some pieces of their team away was the Toronto Raptors. Um, I know there was a lot of talks around OG Anobi. There was talks around Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent, pretty much their entire team. Uh, they ended up trading nobody, though, that was of significance on their team, and they ended up bringing back an old friend of theirs, Pascal, or not Pascal, uh, Jakob Podol. So getting a solid center, which, you know, they haven't had a solid center because 
Pascal's been playing the center position this entire season and pretty much all of last season too. So, you know, what are your thoughts on adding somebody like Jakopodal who they kind of got at a discounted price, you know, just giving up Kem Birch and I believe a first round pick in two seconds. Yeah. I mean, that's a great deal for them. I think that, I mean, the last time they had a good center was, uh, when they had Joe Val, um, I, I guess right. you could say, uh, uh, Ibaka was good for one year there. Um, but I think that they really did need it because they were super undersized when they would play a team like the Sixers or the Bucks because those guys can just kill you with size. Um, so I think this definitely helps them be more competitive in the East. Um, I'm not sure where they're sitting in the playoff picture right now. I think they're at that what the 10 seed right now. Or? So they're they're sitting at ninth right now, ninth tied with Washington, but. I mean, the only teams that really scare me at the top of the East is Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, and Cleveland. Otherwise, you know, they're, what, six games out of the fifth seed, which is Brooklyn. I see Brooklyn probably losing some games on this second stretch. New York Knicks, uh, I think the Knicks have gotten better. Um, Miami's gotten a little bit better. And then Atlanta, uh, another team to... You know, kind of question too, but you know, adding this piece of Jakubowicz, I think, helps him tremendously um, for making a playoff push. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think, kind of Toronto wanted to see it. they weren't going to give players away for cheap, so I think at right. this point they wanted to just see how it goes and then reassess in the off season. But I think, in terms of just like helping them this year, Poto was definitely a good acquisition for them. Um. Well, similarly to like the Raptors, like another team that we thought could make some moves was the Bulls, and they ended up not making really any moves um, besides a certain signing that they just made. Um, you want to touch on that at all? Who did they sign? <laughs> they just signed Pat Bev. Oh, Pat Bev, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, Pat Bev's he'll help out a little bit, but I mean, right now. What what place is Chicago in right now? Are they? Aren't they like they're the eleventh? They're eleventh. Yeah, yeah, and they're two and a half games out of the tenth seed. So, yeah, I could see them getting into a playoff or play-in scenario. But how far is this team going? I don't know. Pat Bev's not going to fix the. You know, he's not going to fix everything. Uh, yeah, he helps with your defense a little bit on the perim- perimeter. But if you're not getting Lonzo Ball back, if you're not getting uh, any help on the on the offensive end when players like DeMar DeRozan haven't been playing that great recently, when Zach Levine's up and down, same with Vucevic. Um, I definitely thought they were going to make some sort of trade, uh, big trade. I don't know uh, what they would have got back just because I felt like the trade market was, was telling them, you know, trade us Zach Levine will give you this this and this back a couple you know a couple firsts or something you know I don't think any team out there was willing to trade away their star for somebody like Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan because I think that's what Chicago kind of wants to do is they want to they want to be a playoff team and uh personally I just don't see this team going going that far in the in the playoffs this year yeah I'm trying to set it better myself i don't know what's going on in, in uh, Chicago. I think they have a lot of things to go through during the offseason. I think at best, 
Uh, Pat Bev leads them to another bubble championship and a first round <laughs> exit. Um, best case scenario, but yeah, they should they should call Pat Bev the king of the bu- of the play <laughs> the playing king. Yeah, the playing <laughs> king. <laughs> Have Vucevic lift them up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I just don't. I'm confused at what they're trying to do. Like. Are they, are they, is there any possibility that Lonzo Ball comes back? And if he does, does it make this team that much better? Or like in the terms of can they compete with one of those top four teams in the East? I don't think so at this point. I think, I mean, I guess the latest on Lonzo is that like his knee is just like baffling doctors right now, apparently. Um, which is never a good time when the doctors don't even know what's wrong with your knee. Um, yeah. So I think at this point, I mean, they haven't ruled him out for the season, but I mean, I'm not not a genie or anything, but I would say he's out for the season. Um, yeah. And I guess they kind of have to just determine in the off season if they want to move on for him from him or even DeRozan too. He's getting older, but True. yeah, I don't know. So, I'll ask you this question. Who do you think was the biggest loser of the trade deadline? I think we're going to have the same answer, possibly. Um, I mean, I'd probably have to go go with the T-Wolves, honestly. Yeah, yep, that's who I'd go with. <laughs> Is that who you're going to pick? Yeah, I mean, you have one of the worst trades in NBA history, trading for Rudy Gobert, which... If you look on paper, it was basically the same trade that the Suns got for KD, which is baffling to even think of. And then you go on and trade away D'Lo for a 35-year-old Mike Conley um, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, not even getting any first-round picks back. You got three three second-round picks, one from the Lakers, two from the Jazz. Um, We all know how bad this team is at drafting in general. Uh, they've passed up on players like Stephen Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I could go on and on, but uh, it just it's, it's baffling to think that this team thought that bringing in you know Mike Conley, who they thought could be, I mean, granted he is a good distributor, he can get your offense moving, but the very first game I went to once we got that trade done was against I think it was against Washington. We were up twenty points. In uh, two different scenarios in the game, up by pretty much 15 the entire game. Going into the fourth quarter, we were up by 11. Um, Mike Conley ended up finishing that game with zero points. Missed a clutch three that would have probably sealed the deal, but with probably about like four minutes left in the fourth. Uh, Washington ended up coming back and winning that game, and uh, it just it showed how much that this Mike Conley trade isn't going to work for us because uh, if he can't get you at least 10 points, 12 points, um, this this team's going nowhere in the playoffs. Yeah, I think uh, one part of like the most baffling like thing about the trade was that they help somebody that's biting at their heels in the standings in the Lakers um, by not only giving them D'Lo, but also helping to facilitate the trade to give them Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, who <laughs> were great contributors for us last year. Um, and then, I mean, like you said, like the how KD, the KD trade, 
I mean, a lot of people would argue that they gave up more for KD, but when you think about it, like Walker Kessler is looking like, um, like he has the upside, if not more, of uh, Bridges in the future just by the way he's playing. I mean, you could argue he could be in the Rookie of the Year conversation with Paulo. Um, yeah. And then guys like Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley are probably comparable to um, Cam Johnson in many senses. So I think really, honestly, like it's pretty frustrating as a T-Wolves fan just to see what we gave up for um, him. And then on top of that, we we um, basically like got nothing for um, D-Lo too because like – when you look around the league and you look at the Warriors giving up five second round picks for a player that they had on their team last year, um, and Gary Payton the second, and we only get three for D'Lo, and D'Lo, I think he brings a little bit more to the table than Gary Payton does, um, and we could only mm-hmm. get, and they gave up Wiseman in that trade too, so Wiseman and five second round picks is right. <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I would have given up D'Lo for that. Um, Easily probably don't want D'Lo, but I don't know. It just seems like we didn't do that well. Um, kind of like with our assets, like it seems like teams are just ripping us left and right. Um, just because of the Rudy Gobert trade, too, it seems like people are kind of like taking us lightly. Yeah, and this GM that we got was supposed to be top notch, you know, GM paid him big bucks, got him from then we get him from Denver as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Not only did we give the Lakers their first championships in the league, but we're also giving them some of our best players. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the tie is there with the Lakers, but uh, I feel like the, the Wolves are just losing every single possible trade right now in the current future. Uh, should be a little bit tougher for us because, I mean, the only bright spot we have is is Anthony Edwards right now and cat hopefully he can come back and maybe bring this team a spark but um not looking good for the timberwolves but uh, i just wanted to touch base on the new york knickerbockers real quick they ended up getting a solid player in josh hart from the blazers which i think is going to help them out quite a bit um what are your thoughts on that trade i'll just say the trade right now but it was uh, the Blazers got Cam Radish, Matisse Thibel, and Archie Di- Diacono. That's a tough name to say. I'll just call him Ryan. Uh, and then uh, 2023 first-round pick from the Knicks in exchange for Josh Hart. What are your thoughts on uh, the Knicks getting Josh Hart? Um, I thought it was good for them. I think uh, he has an, another like 3 and D player to their team. Um, I don't think it puts them like over the edge or anything like that, but I think it's – a nice uh, addition. I mean, at least it saved some players from a few extra minutes. I know uh, Tibbs likes to run his players into the ground, so maybe it helps uh, give some rest for a couple of those guys so they're playing a few less minutes per game. Um, I think this team could be like a dangerous team where like they could upset a team in the first round maybe um, if they're playing well because they, they do defend. They do have... I think Brunson is a nice game manager. I think he is able to dictate the flow of the game and he can get to his spots. And if he's on, I think they're really good. I think it was actually nice that they got him um, and are kind of running more through him than they are with Julius Randle. 
Um, Randall's still good, but I think there was times where like <laughs> they were just giving it to him in the postseason and trying to have him do something, and like he would just <laughs> like he's not a guard, so he can't he can't really like get right. to his spots as well in that sense. Especially the um, playoff times when everybody's playing you know closer, tighter defense on you. Yeah, so I think I mean it, it could help a lot. Um, it definitely like opens the floor too, having guys like Josh Hart and um, Brunson spread the floor, and Barrett can hit threes too. Um, but I think you know honestly, like the Knicks really do come down to RJ Barrett though, in my opinion, because like I think right, you know he's supposed to be the guy that really puts them over the edge in terms of like what was he the second overall pick I think or the. Th- Yep, third number I think, two actually Earth. wasn't he two wasn't it or... jaw zion no it was zion jaw or zion jaw. and then rj yeah okay yeah so i mean a third overall pick you should expect him to be pretty solid and he has been solid at times he just hasn't been consistent um and sometimes he lacks on defense which was supposed to be his strongest point um so I think if if they can put it all together, I think they could upset a team. Could it be a team like the Celtics or the Sixers? Probably not. Um, probably not the Bucks either. But like if they got a first round matchup with, um, say the Cavs, I wouldn't put it past them to upset them. Like I'm not saying they would, but I'm just saying it wouldn't completely shock me if that happened. Uh, like a four or five matchup or something like yeah. that. But well, right, uh, I, yeah. Right now, they're the six seeds that they would play Philly, which is a tough matchup for I them. Think I they, they would get run out of the gym by Philly, right? Um, but I mean, just if they slip down to like the seventh seed and say Miami jumped up up to the sixth seed, it would be kind of fun to see New York play Atlanta in that play-in game. Um, and I think New York would have a really good shot of uh, beating Atlanta, which. I mean, there's nothing more that New York Knicks fans want than, let alone win a championship, but also to just be Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. But I think it's so this trade when I saw it go through, like I knew, uh, I, I kind of figured out why they wanted Josh Hart. You know, you got that similarity between him and Brunson. They both went to Villanova for college. Um, I actually saw a video of Jalen Brunson at the airport when he found out. And uh, he, he was going absolutely nuts finding out that Josh Hart was going to be his teammate. But uh, I think it, you know, you have to question it a little bit because when you bring in Josh Hart, are you wanting to give more minutes to him and have RJ play less minutes and stunt his growth a little bit? Or are you going to try to do like a smaller lineup? Are you going to try to do like a Brunson, Quentin Grimes, Josh Hart, RJ Barrett, you know, in uh, Julius Randle lineup, or I, I, I think that's something you have to consider, especially with the the foul troubles that Mitchell Robinson goes through in in a given game. Um, maybe that's why they did it, but they also did it probably because of the defense that Josh Hart can provide for you, um, which R.J. Barrett, we talked about, you talked about a little bit, you know, has been struggling um, not only this year but as you know, once he came into the league. So, um, all in all, though, I think it was a B, B, B grade for me. I think it's a, it's a good addition to this squad. Can it propel them past those top four teams? Probably not, but 
um, it gives them a foundation to kind of build there in New York. Uh, and then, you know, maybe they can get like a future star in the making to pair up with a Julius Randle, a Jalen uh, Brunson. Um, so uh, all in all, very good trade for New York. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'd probably agree with the grade. Um, Is yeah, there any other? sets them up for the future, though. Well, yeah, yeah. Is there any other trade before we move on to fantasies that you kind of wanted to discuss? Um, maybe Jay Crowder going to the Bucks was a good one. Yeah, the only one I'd maybe uh, discuss just quick would be like the Nuggets getting Thomas Bryant. I think helps a little bit off the bench. And then, like we said earlier, they got um, Reggie Jackson as a backup point guard too. So I think right those are two decent pickups. I think they're a deeper team than they were. Um, but I don't know if that changes anything big time. I think those are pretty much the only other moves. And another one would be the Heat signed uh, Kevin Love as a right. backup four. Again, um, not going to move the needle much. Yeah, nothing nothing crazy besides what we've already mentioned. And then the last one I would say is we mentioned some of the small um, gets for the Clippers with Westbrook and Mason Plumley, but they also added a, a sharpshooter in Eric Gordon as well. So uh, maybe that spaces the floor a little bit for Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Kawhi. Um, but uh, adding another veteran like Eric Gordon, I think is going to be uh, good for this Clippers squad. But Oh, one more I just would mention. Yeah. I, f- I completely forgot that uh, Sadiq Bey went to the Hawks, which, I mean, oh. I think he could be decent for them um they definitely needed another wing shooter yeah um yeah solid get um also another player that just didn't get moved was john collins it seems like for the past two years (laughs) he's been always on the trade market uh there's been hypothetical trades left and right trying to get him out of atlanta in a different situation but again i kind of feel like it's it's like the the Toronto situation where they just couldn't get enough back for him because um, he is a solid player. It just sometimes doesn't work every on a game to game basis. But um, you know, adding somebody like Sadiq Bay, I think, is really solid for Atlanta. Uh, is it gonna push the needle? Kind of like New York, uh, probably not. But yeah. um, still a fun team to watch. Definitely. But uh, that should conclude it for our. You know what we thought about, about the trade deadline, how it's worked uh, in recent future or recent recently. Um, let's kind of get into fantasy a little bit. So fantasy, I, I believe in our playoffs, I believe it starts not next week but the week after. So we have two weeks until the first round of playoffs. Um, you want to share some of your tips of you know what you're kind of planning for if you're you know that you know, making the playoffs, you know, in that top six uh, area in a 12-team league? Yeah, just for making the playoffs. Um, for just as far as making the playoffs, I'd just be cognizant of where you are in the standings. Um, basically, like, if you have to go all out in order to win these final matchups, um, you know, like, you can't keep people into the, can't keep people into the offseason. Um, so in in a year-long league so if you have to drop certain guys in order to try to help yourself get in the playoffs um you know it could be worth it obviously like i wouldn't drop like a superstar just because 
Like, right. It, it wouldn't help if you made the playoffs. But if there's like a f- fringe guy who you're debating, like, I'd probably just drop him if you think it could help you get in, like getting an extra guy on a back to back or something, um, just to get an extra win or something. But that would probably be a tip for like just getting into the playoffs. But um, I don't know if you have any for getting in. I probably have some like for the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, just comparing it to our league, I mean, me and you have the best records in our league, which is uh, not a shocker, but uh, definitely helps having like a 13 and four or a 12 and five record where you can kind of experiment these last two weeks, kind of, you know, test out like who could be like, if, if there's some injured players, uh, maybe some filler bench players that are going to step into larger roles, maybe look at them. See if you want to add them. I know personally on my team, I have at least, you know, two to three players that I can drop so that in playoff scenarios where uh, if my team starts out pretty slow, if I'm losing by like 100, 200 points in a, in a, in a points league, you know, I can drop two to three players, pick up some extra players um, and hopefully steady my ship a little bit. Um, so I don't lose first round. Um you know, you know, I mean, I have, for instance, I have Josh Green, who has played a lot of minutes for Dallas. I've got um, players like Cam Johnson and Cole Anthony, who um, probably all droppable players if you wanted to pick up somebody else in a desperate situation. But um, it's going to come down to matchups. Uh, another thing that I would want to make sure I'm aware of, this is a big tip for people going into the playoffs is uh, I'd say that last week, look at what the schedules are for all of your players. And then also look at the schedules for um, players that are, uh, you know, possible ads additions that you can pick up. Look at all the schedules because you have to be very weary of who you pick up uh, and try to get the most, like, I think for instance, there's um, I think the Miami heat, don't have a lot of uh, games during the playoffs, uh, at least first round. I think they have like two games uh, uh, for that first week of the playoffs. So if you have Miami players like Kyle Lowry or, you know, some of those French guys, maybe you think about dropping them and picking up a player on a team that, you know, plays three or four times in that week. But that would be my, probably my biggest tip is make sure you look at the schedules, look at, uh, some of these players that you can pick up uh, that that are going to give you, you know, around 200 points or so in a given week. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, another tip could be like if you are in a situation kind of like I am where like if you're going to make the playoffs, but um, you have guys injured right now, it's not really worth like dropping. Get, like if you can't change seeds, like I'm pretty much locked into um where i am right now at least like like four through six or some a seed like that or something like that because yeah. um we do like the top seeds based off the division um so i can't which we, the other we should probably seed. change that eventually yeah I mean, it is kind of a weird thing but it is what it is for this year but if you're in a situation like that i would like if you have guys that are hurt like it like wins and losses don't affect you at that point really so like I have like a guy, guys like Sexton and like uh, Trey Jones, so I'm probably not going to drop either one just because um, it doesn't really matter either way. Um, 
because I'm fine with like losing losing weeks. I'm I'm more just preparing for that first round, kind of like Alex said, where like you're finding guys that play the most games that week so that you're set up for success because um, you only have so many pickups in a week. So like if you pick up guys ahead of time, it can give you like one or two extra pickups for that week, which could be pivotal. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, another another um, thing that I wanted to mention is, um, you know, we try to give you guys the best advice for fantasy basketball, but um, a guy that does it on a daily basis that you can, you know, check out his podcast. It's called uh, the Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Um, he gives you a lot of good advice, especially during playoff times. He'll also give you, I think, two times a week, he'll give you possible additions you can add, some waiver wire pickups. Uh, players you should drop, uh, stuff like that. So that he goes way more in detail than we will um, on this podcast. But uh, definitely check out his podcast because he will give you all the knowledge uh, and support that you guys need for your fantasy basketball leagues. Yeah, definitely. Well, ours is more just like a gloss over it a little bit. Just give you a couple pointers here and there for what we do. Um, I mean, pretty much part of what we do is just listen to guys that – do it every day for a living and put tons of time and energy into it which obviously they have really helpful tips so if you want some good ones kind of just gotta search around a little bit another good one is um the one with josh lloyd um he's pretty good um he has stuff on all types of leagues too so like i know a lot of people play like uh categories leagues and they can help you with that too i don't know as much about that just because we don't play that Right. Um, but yeah, I've, I've personally never been a big fan of category leagues just cause I think doing points leagues is a little bit, uh, it's, it's a little bit easier to do and you can just kind of focus on some of the best fantasy players and best basketball players where categories leagues, you're picking for, you know, different categories like points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, turnovers, all that stuff. So um, but yeah, definitely check out those other podcast sites uh, if you want more help with your fantasy leagues. But uh, that's going to conclude it here for us today. Uh, thanks to Matt for joining me, uh, giving me all his insight today on on trades that have happened around the league. Uh, if you make sure to follow us and like the video if you enjoy the content. Uh, follow us on uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Shot Decide. If you have any questions, comments, concerns. Send it to our Gmail account at shotside at gmail.com. Until next time, guys. Peace. Peace.